and welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down, the newest member of the Bruiser Nation Podcast Network, a division of Snapmere Productions. Gentlemen, we are back. Week three is under our belt, and we have another doubleheader here starting where Joe Burrow is officially going to be playing, which is going to be old news by the time this comes out. But boys, how was your weekend, and how are you doing today? Sky is blue, boys. The sky is blue. Nick Chubb only tore his MCL. His knee isn't shredded. Greatest ACLs in the history of humanity. Dude, what the yeah, fuck? I mean, I can be a normal amount of negative again. It's it's good. It's fantastic. Um, but my weekend was great. Uh, I I don't know. I watched Ocean's Eleven on Saturday night for the first time in a long time, and that movie still slaps. No matter how many times I watch it, it's just a instant classic. And uh, I went golfing with uh, one of our listeners, Zach Yusuf, on Sunday. And there you go. It was a quality weekend. How'd you shoot? How was it, it for you, boys? Uh, terrible. Shot a 97, but it was my first time in like two and a half months. I wish so. I could shoot a 97. Yeah, what the fuck? This guy, this guy worked to get a 97. But I was shooting in the high 80s, low 90s like two months ago. I It, it was a bad round for me. Okay. That enough. feels like such an under-the-handed, like, subtle brag. Like, oh, yeah, that was just an 80 shooter. I suck, man. Oh, whoa. There's a big difference between 89 and 80. All right? Yes. Well, you, you're right. There's a big difference between 89 and, like, 137, too. And that's what I'm looking at. Sounds wildly specific that you just kind of threw that number out there. But 89 or 137? The 137. I hope that 137 is my average. That was probably rounding up. Yeah, well, it's, now you're, now you're going to be up in Cleveland. That golf season, you can probably kiss that goodbye. Maybe uh, a few more weeks. <laughs> top golf, baby. We're going to get them into top golf. I'd be, well, down, I'd be down. Have you never been? I've been there a, a couple times. It's a lot of okay. fun. I'd be the loser bringing my own clubs and to still shoot directly into the group to my right. Yeah, uh, it depends on the depends on the outing. I bring my own club sometimes, or I just go there and grip it and rip it with those. I can't hit rental shit clubs. regardless if they're rentals, new. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just gonna go up there. I'm just gonna have a good time. Yeah, well, okay. Now I'll give you my news because after watching last night's game, I'm imagining that we're going to see a very large uptick in the nursing community in Las Vegas from all the medicine balls, all the hospital balls that Jimmy G's throwing. So I think. I'm giving up my dream of sports, guys, and I'm going to go to nursing school, and I'm going to make bank in Vegas. Buddy, can we literally that Jimmy G ball to Devontae Adams should get QB suspended? Like that fucking ball. I like, yeah. I, I like, he cringed him when I saw it in the air. Yeah, like I'm, you know, and, and I, I think I texted it in, in the group chat, but I like every time I see one of those balls, I like I flash back to that interview Tom Brady did where he's like, there's just things you don't do as a quarterback that the new generation of quarterbacks doesn't get. And like, that's it right there. Just putting your receiver in a position to just get destroyed. Was this a problem? Like maybe you guys knew, was this a problem in San Francisco or New England? He's handed the ball off all the time. We never really had to deal with it. Well, because this was, this isn't like a, Monday night football problem, like just yesterday or Sunday night football, this was a problem against the Bills when we were down 35 in the fourth and you're still throwing hospital balls 30 yards over the middle for Devontae to literally die. It happened in week one. We saw what happened to Jacoby Myers. That was very, very scary. I'm genuinely worried about the welfare of the receivers because this feels not like a trend. It just feels like who he is. I never really noticed it in San Francisco, but to my point, he was handing the ball off a lot. If there's a lot of behind the 
behind the line of scrimmage type passes being thrown. So you didn't see too many. And if they were down the field, I feel like they weren't really contested that much. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, like you, I never noticed it as a problem. I've said a lot of negative things about Jimmy Garoppolo, especially since Might he's be become the Raiders sh- quarterback. Don't you Might dare. Don't hard. you dare. Oh my goodness. Wait, he- wait, well, no, no. What did you say, David? Might be Shanahan play calling. He might he might have play called out of Jimmy G. I was going to say, Stephen. I think you misunderstood. I think that was a rare compliment to Kyle Shanahan from David. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I took it. It felt like a Absolutely. compliment. Absolutely. I, I mean, like, I, let's be real. If you if I feel like we would have noticed that in San Francisco slightly more, maybe not as much as you notice it, Wally, because you're watching the Raiders every week. Yeah. Like, con- like religiously, right? But. I feel like maybe we would have seen more injuries and caught onto it more quickly in San Francisco. I yeah. love that you brought up, though, that I watched them religiously because that brings us into a thing that we talked about before the show and I want to bring up here is that Steven, longtime listener of the show, Adam Alfonso, sounds like he's going through a similar thing to what one of my buddies did in very under very different circumstances. My buddy who I'm staying with, Tyler, great, one of my favorite people on earth. He's like a brother. He, after the Nick Chubb and the Steelers loss, he says, I don't care what happens next Sunday. I'm going to go work at this job I was planning on. I'll have the game on. It can be in the background, but I'm not going to let it affect my Sunday. And he came back yesterday, and I was sitting there expecting it to be like, dude, you missed like one of the best Browns games I can remember, 27-3, dominant. And he says, you know what? It doesn't affect me. I no. had an amazing Sunday. It did not my like I sure I'm happy the Browns won, but it didn't affect me at all. I did my job. I got work done. I wouldn't have done otherwise. And I was sitting there like, oh my God, this You're truly so much sounds amazing. Than me. You are such a better man than I am. I would no, like I'm not can gonna you lie imagine? to you. I had the Ugh. I had the Browns game on in the golf cart. Like I had the games on on my phone in the golf cart. And I'll tell you what, I, I went into that game totally detached. Like, I don't give a fuck what happens. The Browns are going to lose by 50. And I would, like, kept going back to it. I'm like, we're so, all right. We're so bad. They seem to be winning. And I'm like. <laughs> we are so back. That's I'm definitely not, in I'm his not mind. Gonna, yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, mm, can they win? And, and I kept going back and forth. But I could see for that first quarter, I could see how, how much happier you'd be as a sports fan if you just didn't care what the outcome was. Like, if you just generally just had fun watching, right? But that can't be me. After a quarter, I was, like, back into the shit, but whatever. Yeah, you're like, yeah. It's like, David, you're up. Yeah, 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 yeah. shoot for me. Yeah, but just give me a, <laughs> just give me a fucking seven, man. <laughs> well, again, it doesn't help for David's sake is that they went from being the Browns and the Nick Chubb injuries, leg basically is off his body to MCL only ACL is fine and you do like verbal meme where it's like the wiping the eyeglasses you see the Browns defense wipe the eyeglass all of a sudden you see Mike Singletary you see the 85 Bears that's what this defense is doing right now what 18 offensive points they've allowed completely suffocating teams we'll get into it when we get to the game but I'm while I might not be rooting super hard for the Browns while they have Deshaun Watson I'm so happy genuinely happy for you Browns fans because like you deserve this and I hope because what it what can't happen is more injuries on defense right and as long as they don't happen this feels like a special defense that has a lot of big things to come do I even put that into the ether right now Wally 
let's just be honest. I mean, that's that's what happened last year with the Bills. The Bills looked like one of the best teams in the world for six weeks. Vaughn Miller goes down. One thing goes to another. I'm not rooting yeah. for it. Yeah, it's just Micah, avoid Jordan, injuries. Jordan Poyer's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that was that was bad. One, it's it's so weird. It's every year you see it. There's an injury bug, and it always goes to one team. We got the Ravens a couple years ago, where literally they had a they had to call down a high school teams to come fill in their practice roster. It was bad. Yeah, I was on the practice squad at the end of the year. I know. I'm surprised. So I'm assuming you never got that call back. You know, if they had another COVID game, if they had another Wednesday afternoon game, I would have been there. <laughs> yeah, you know, my knees can't. My knees can't take pass protecting for Lamar Jackson. No, I just wouldn't protect, do it. You could have played D line for the Browns last year, and it would have been the exact same. True. Very <laughs> good point. Let's get into this. Could have been done in the email. The games you don't really care about talking about. You don't care about listening. And if you did, you can go see the highlights. But really, who's going to take a look at our first game? We're the San Francisco 49ers steamroll. I'm only assuming that's straight Everclear, Wally. They steamrolled the New York football Giants 30-12 to on Thursday night. My, here are my comments on this. Giants bad. 49ers very good. End quote. Next six games for the Niners are going to tell us everything we need to know about this team and who they actually are. It's a little bit of a bitch. They do have the Cowboys to get it started, but I'm talking about after that. After the cards, you imagine, are 4-0, but they go at, uh, or home against Dallas, at Cleveland, at Minnesota, home against the Bengals, at the Jags, and I tell you, boys, the Niners are going to start 7-1, and and I'm going to start strutting around here. 7-1's a hot take. I, I It's possible, but that's that's a spicy take. Um, but I guess if you have them going 15 and two, you know, it, it it's not surprising, it. but like CMC is a monster. Giants are atrocious. The Niners are great, but I still want to see them. this next six, six weeks. I want to see them play talent before I, you know, dub them Kings of the NFC. Dude, that Niners Browns game. I am circling here in two weeks. Like talk about a defense. That's going to be an matchup. interesting one. Yeah. That's going to be a really interesting three. one. The Houston. Don't give me that shit again. Oh, Don't give me that God. shit again. That happened in with Seattle back in like 2012. I will die if I have to watch another field goal matchup. Oh, I want that. Let's go. I hope it starts pouring rain down too, and it has to be a field goal matchup with that. Oh, with that Lake Erie effect right there. Snow <laughs> on October 8th. The Houston Texans go down to Duval and embarrass the Jacksonville Jaguars, 37 to 17. The streak continues. I'm sure one – I know one of you read it off here last week, so that streak continues, and I'll, and I'll refresh some memories here. CJ Stroud, put on a show. I got a couple stats here, but I want to let you guys speak first. I mean, Stroud looks really encouraging, 20 of 30, 282 touchdowns. It's a third straight week. He actually has looked pretty good, and D'Amico Ryans, it just makes you feel a little bit different about a couple other young quarterbacks in their situation. I kind of have a lot of faith in him. I have a little bit of faith in this Houston team, guys. But if you want to talk about maybe putting faith in the people, I put a lot of faith in Trevor Lawrence. And we know this is a really weird division, but he's one in four lifetime against the Texans now. And all four of those losses, the Jaguars were favored in. Weird AFC South. Buddy, it's the same shit with Joe Burrow and the Browns, though. Like, uh, it Was means- he favored in? Was he even favored in last game, though? 
And the Browns have not been as bad as the Texans have been in the last five years. I know, but it's a stupid fucking that. division. It's the dumbest division in the world. I I hate this division so much. These games make no fucking sense. Houston could not win a game the rest of the year, except for the ones where, you know, we've got eight-year streaks of them not losing away in their own division. It, it, it makes no sense. I'm done with this division. Super Bowl champs if they only played AFC South teams. Trevor, so to the point that Wally made, he Trevor Lawrence is the first quarterback to lose to be a favorite and lose four to the same team. It's the first time since 1970. But also C.J. Stroud putting up the third most passing yards in NFL history through your first three career starts at 908. I'm just saying that's just not a stat that you throw around there too often. So maybe C.J. Stroud can be the one. Justin Fields died so C.J. Stroud can live. Interesting take on that. The Indianapolis Colts, my Indianapolis Colts. I got to keep flexing on them. These are my boys at this point. Go down to Baltimore, win an overtime thriller 22 to 19, where Matt Gay makes an NFL record 450 plus yard field goals, including the 53 yarder here in overtime to win it. Baltimore, all of a sudden taking a fat L. David, I know you love to see that, but what were some takeaways about the Gardner Minshew mania starting back up in Indy? I, I I don't know. I didn't even like consider Gardner Minshew when I took Colts plus eight and a half, but I'm going to eat the fucking units I won this week off of that. Uh, I, I love it when division rivals lose, but I don't think this game is anything special. Um, another stupid streak the Ravens couldn't break is they haven't started 3-0 since 2016. I just, Lamar Jackson, the running back, came back. Todd Munkin taking one out of Greg Roman's playbook. I just... I don't like. I don't know. This game means nothing to me. I just I had a gut feeling it was going to be a lot closer than people thought. The Colts beat the Kansas City Chiefs last year at the start of their one-two and one disastrous start in a disastrous campaign. So I'm not really going to look too much into this. Good for Gardner Minshew. He's probably top five backup in the entire NFL. But the Ravens' offense still looking for that identity. I do think it'll eventually get better. But it just doesn't feel like at this point we can draw too many conclusions. feels a lot more of the same that we've been talking about with the Ravens week in and week out to this point. How about Zach Moss for those Indianapolis Colts coming in? At least I have him in fantasy. Nice little pickup. No big deal. He's been putting on... Santana Moss's cousin found that out last week. No, it's not. Really? I found that out last week. It blew my mind. That is so sick. Oh, that makes me... Now all of a sudden I think he's got to start. Yeah, no. Well, he is the starter in Indy. Doesn't doesn't sound like Jonathan Taylor's really. I mean, even without company. Jonathan Taylor, Santana Moss's cousin, start him. Well, I like the energy that Zach Moss has brought to the Indianapolis Colts offense since he's come in. I mean, this is a two game winning streak since they lost Week One and he wasn't there. Deion Jackson cut because of two costly fumbles in that Week One loss. But then all of a sudden, that Colts defense coming away with two interceptions—not two interceptions, two turnovers. I think it was one of each there that they had. So. Uh-oh, Colts might be the sleeper pick in the AFC South, which means absolutely nothing. The Carolina Panthers decided to keep it a little bit close, even though the score isn't a good indication of how it ended up. They lost to Seattle 37-27. to Bryce Young not starting this game. Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, your boy Wally, stepping in for this. This was honestly a good game up until the second half, and then the Seahawks kind of just took it away from there. There's no redeeming qualities about this Carolina Panthers team. Frank Reich's haircut looks horrible. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Haircut's bad. The offensive line's bad. Weapons suck. The quarterback play sucks. The defense isn't the same as it was under Steve Wilkes. 
start Dalton at this point simply to keep Bryce Young's future intact. Do not play him on this dumpster fire. You stole my question. It was going to be if Andy Dalton was better for the Panthers than Bryce Young. You just answered it. Well, there you go. I'll answer it again. Andy Dalton is the red rifle is going to be the Carolina blue rifle. Well, you got to put in consideration. Carolina wants to be a little competitive because that pick is going to the Chicago Bears. So, Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about that. They're going to have two first round picks in the top five. Yeah. So, Oh my God. So Fonz the first pretends, five he picks are going to be all, it's going to be all Arizona and all Chicago in the first five picks. What are you talking about? Arizona's what got, Arizona's got Houston. You forget about the Raiders. Pick. Well, and I, the Broncos, who come on, the Broncos the could go all seven. Sean Payton's a Hall of Fame coach. He won't let them get the first overall pick. And the Raiders, I'm not gonna. I'm trying now. I'm taking a different approach. You guys know how much I'm on Caleb Williams. I'm just gonna pretend like the Raiders have no shot at them. So that when it starts becoming real, it means even more. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs absolutely throttle the Chicago Bears, where. They talked more about Taylor Swift than the actual Chicago Bears. That was are you the are you guys feeling twenty three too? Continuing on. No, it's I fucking hate continue. you so much. I hate you so much. I don't know why. Because there is no reason we need to address that Taylor Swift was at the Chiefs game. Agreed. Oh, I I don't even know what you're talking about. I was just asking a simple question. Oh, gotcha. Oh, sure you were. Well, the Dallas Cowboys absolutely blew. No, they didn't even have a lead. I was gonna say blow lead. They just they just sucked yesterday. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals down in the desert. Well, they ended up being twenty six something, dude. What the hell is going on with Dallas? Do we need a more? Do we need to look more into this, or is this just a, one of those Dallas games like we expect Josh Allen to have each year? They they shot themselves in the foot all game long. They they got called for thirteen penalties for something like a hundred and thirty yards. Yeah, it was so uh, stupid. Like they got, you know, they were, they looked like they were going to come back and win. And then Dak threw an ugly red zone interception uh, to, you know, basically end the game with four minutes left. I, I just, I don't know. It's, uh, I just feel like they, they lost this game more than the Cardinals won. And the Cardinals are going to be competitive probably in most games, but I just, it felt like the Cowboys lost the game. Yeah, who would have thought the Cowboys would have lost to a team in red? Ed, 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 Taylor Swift. Cardinals deserve a lot of credit here for pushing so hard. When everybody, including their own fan base, gave up on this team. This team was dead in the water. They traded Cole McCoy before the season and traded for Josh Jobs. And guess what happens? They go out and they compete. They've played good football this year for about 8 of the 12 quarters Unfortunately, those four bad quarters have really shot them in the foot. But I'm not really worried about the Cowboys at this point. It just makes you wonder, though, does their defense look so good because it is so good? Or because they played Zach Wilson in the Jets and they played the G-Men, who all of a sudden look like one of the worst teams offensively we've ever seen in the league. I don't think well, that Trey Diggs coming with Josh Dobbs starting, that Trey, Dig- Trey Diggs can't be missed that much, right? And I, but this was that was maybe bad. I mean he was cut Josh Dodds was kind of lighting him up a little bit and then kudos to them because every time Dallas was about to take control or have that answer Arizona was able to answer back right there so I need to kind of give kudos to Jonathan Gannon here's I'm his biggest hater this dude's this dude's coaching this horrible horrible team 
to be competitive for no reason. Washington, yes, they blew the lead to New York, and yes, New York is bad. But then they keep, and then they just go out and beat Dallas, who's easily an NFC East favorite and potentially a Super Bowl favorite. I'm just saying. Uh, back to the Trayvon Diggs point, is it possible they miss him so much because he allows them to play more man coverage and and he allows uh, what's his face to be a number two corner instead of a number one in his old age and you get you know it's not that they necessarily that he's such a game changer that he affects the whole defense but maybe it's now we have to change our scheme a little bit because we can't just lock him on to uh, the other team's best receiver. Now Stefan Gilmore's our number one who I don't really know how confident I feel about that because I like Stefan Gilmore a lot, but as the number two or yeah, three Is he guy, better as a number two? Like that's maybe him going to this, a number one is what hurts. At this point in his career, I think he's a way better number two, but I guess right. only time will tell. We'll see. He's approaching that move to safety role very soon. With that, let's get into our week three recap. But before we do, we want you to know this week three recap is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative. Your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's a college graduation, baby pictures, engagements, weddings, you name it. Every weekend they're happening. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on our Instagram, Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. David, your Cleveland Browns, who did not affect your boy, Wally, but they very much affected David's golf play here. Go and well, – oh, no, this was in Cleveland. A 27-3 victory over the Tennessee Titans. I have, I have my two cents, David. Just go at it. What were some of your takeaways? How pumped are you about the Brownies? The t- they allowed the Titans only 94 total yards. That's stupid. A record low for the Titans. The previous low was 98 against Jacksonville in 2006. They held Derrick Henry to 20 yards on 11 carries. Uh, Miles Garrett sacked Tannehill three and a half times. I mean, Deshaun Watson looked competent after coming off last week, looking like the worst quarterback since Daniel Jones in week one. I just, Can we not, by the way, this, this is a throwaway. We need to talk to Deshaun, though, and not say, let's throw it backwards 17 yards when we're about to take yeah, a sack dude. in the first half when the doing? game is tight. I, that was like the only play. If you could yes. like, like do the like the Men in Black click yep. thing, yeah. that that's the only play you need to do that, and at least you feel really encouraged. Yeah, I, I'm not. Look here, Deshaun Watson played like a game manager. He didn't play like a yes, rock yes. star. But yes, I don't know. The, Cleveland wins this game through defense and and pass game efficiency, not necessarily uh, gaudy numbers on offense. But I. Uh, this defense is so fucking good, boys. I, I can't believe it. It's like the first time in my life that their defense is at a point where they can win games on their own, and the offense just has to not fuck up. Andre Dillard saw Miles Garrett across from him and said, I knew man. you were trouble. I knew you were trouble when you walked in, and it brought Stop. bad blood between him. I hate Stop. so much. It brought him bad blood between him and Ryan Tannehill. Which led Miles Garrett to say, "You belong with me," to the ball. But moving past all of those things, you've got to be fired up, man. Because Not anymore. <laughs> this defense right now feels historic, and I don't say that lightly. 
right now they have allowed the fewest yards through three games since the 1999 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is fewer than the 2002 Bucks. That great defense that won them a championship with Gruden. It's better than the 2000 Ravens, who, in my opinion, is the second best defense of all time behind the 85 Bears. This is a special team right now, and what they're doing feels fringe historic. And I said it at the top of the show, if you keep healthy, this is a team even with a game manager at quarterback that can win 12 or 13 games in a regular season. Yeah, I mean, this this defense is stupid. And I think everyone on this podcast, at least, and I'm sure some of the listeners believe, right? When you had Jim Schwartz, you added a couple players, and like Zadarius Smith, you add some really just D lineman interior and a little bit here on the bench in rotation. Like, this is filthy. Greg Newsom's having a good year. He's kind of stepping up, and all of a sudden that secondary is looking a little bit scary. 94 total yards. That's wild. That's bonkers. Or what, what Wally likes to say, which we need to hashtag bring this back. It's banana lands. I don't hear it enough, Wally. We really need to bring that back. I'll do my best for you. I promise that. I appreciate that. But no, Wally took it, um, took the greatest fact. The under 500 yards and the, to the first three games is wild. Like that is the lowest right now. There's four teams yet to play. And they still have less than them. They've only played two games. Like the Rams, they have like 40 yards less than the Rams. And the Rams haven't even kicked off yet. Oh, that's right. They led the league last year, or last uh, after two weeks, they led the league in rushing too. So if they can find a way to basically, hey, we're going to put Deshaun Watson in the greatest possible situation for success. And then if it doesn't happen, we all know the common denominator. It's just this defense is so good. So good. That even a bad game manager is going to be able to win 10 or 11 games with this team. And, but that's the, I think, if I was a Browns fan, my biggest takeaway was like, thank God Deshaun Watson is able to kind of put something here together. Now, what, he had 259, 260 yards, whatever it may be, because I don't feel like scrolling up. Hey, that's his first, these are his first two games back-to-back going over 230 yards. He only has a handful of these because of the lack of games he's played so far. So it's you're chipping away, right? You're not gonna. No one's winning the Super Bowl in Week Four, but you want to have these strides and you want to see positive, uh, positivity coming week in and week out. And okay, we can take that again. Game managers, you're not paying them two thirty to be a game manager, but for right now, based off what we've seen, I will take a game manager there in Cleveland because there's too much talent. Jerome Ford is balling. Kareem Hunt's only going to get better now. He's going to get his feet wet again back in that offense. Why? David, you don't have to answer this because I know I've, I've a re- I know what you're going to answer. But Wally, why shouldn't Cleveland right now be the AFC favorite? It's because there is a lot. There's now a growing sample size that Deshaun Watson maybe isn't the pre-suspension one. That's the reason why they wouldn't be the favorite right now. But you give this another couple weeks, if we still see this growth, the improvement, I think that. We're going to all be surprised because the three teams we all talked about to start the year in the AFC, I don't think any of them will be at the top of the list. It'll be Miami and Cleveland. Okay, yeah, Miami. I think that's the only, like, outside of that, like, there's still question marks about Kansas City. We don't know if the Chargers are ever going to finally put it together. Well, I don't want to poo-poo on uh, what the Browns have done, but let's try to add a little bit of uh, context, too. The Titans are a five and six, or five or a six-win team. The Steelers' offense, we're still not sure about after last night. And the Bengals have looked disastrous through the first two weeks of the year. 
So this next few weeks are going to actually be really exciting to watch from just a standpoint of figuring out if the Browns' defense is as good as it's advertised. They're going to play the Ravens, the 49ers, the Colts, and the Seahawks. All four of those teams very likely will be in the playoff race throughout the season. That'll be a big test. But I want your guys' thoughts real quick before we move on. You've heard me from, I feel like, the offseason on. Why? Because I'm way low on this Titans team. Way lower than even most people. I get the defensive line's good. Why don't you try to trade Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill right now? Try to get something for them instead of letting Tannehill walk in the offseason and let Derrick Henry get decrepit. I understand he's an all-time running back for your team, but it's okay to say goodbye when it's time. It's okay. It's okay. Where would where would you want to see Derrick Henry? <sighs> and I'm just this is just because uh, I'm just curious. Like I don't know where he'd be a good. We player. mentioned it preseason. I still think that Buffalo could be a really fun location for him. Yeah, it yep. won't be a place like Cincinnati now because we don't even know if they'll be competing. It's uh, they're not going to trade in division. AFC West, it won't be them. Eckler fits too well with the LA. I it might be NFC. I don't know. I just. Might as well take calls. Even if you get a fourth-round pick, oh, d- chill. <laughs> Arthur Smith's I mean, already got enough players exactly, to get the that, ball to. But that also makes too much sense because Arthur, Arthur Smith, coming from Tennessee a couple years ago, obviously has has had his fair share of Derrick Henry and that connection. But no. If Bijan wasn't there, I would highly – I would I guarantee you that he'd go to Atlanta. But, God, thank God. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings, game of the week, question mark? Herbert with 405 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, the first quarterback in NFL history to have a completion percentage of 85% or better, 85.1 technically, uh, on 45 pass attempts. So I don't know whoever, I don't know who holds the record for 44 pass attempts, but for 45, it's going to be Justin Herbert on this one. And Kirk Cousins, he continues his good season, but also continues being on a team with zero defense at all. Even when Brandon Staley's trying to give away the game, the Minnesota Vikings can't get this done here. Boys, I, I think I already kind of take away, took away one of the main talking points, but Brandon Staley literally is trying to lose his game and job, and he's like, guys, why are you bailing me out? I want, I want to get out of here. We've seen this now not only twice, but the two that obviously stick out is the game last year in Cleveland where they go fourth and four on their own 45 with the, like, two minutes left. Well, he and does this one, one better. Here, yeah, he does you one better. Oh, You're on 25. It felt like at this point, when he turned it over on downs, it felt like the game was over because I thought the way Kirk Cousins had played, that that was a situation of a setup for a, a devastating loss. And your point, Stephen, if the Chargers lose that game after that call, I don't think you can give him the job. I don't think that it's still his team this morning. 0-3 with all the expectations they've had, that would have been a suicide mission that we've never seen before had that gone wrong. I'd argue, like Dan Campbell wouldn't even make that call. I'd argue you still can't keep him hired. I mean, let's if they lose, if they don't go on a three-game win streak here and they lose another game before they hit week five, I'd argue that he should be fired right then and there. I mean, I... I, I was looking at their assistant coaches earlier, though. I just don't see an interim on that yeah. team that makes sense to I, me. Like, but you just suffer through it. If you're going, if you're, let's say you're, this is drastic, you're one and four, two and three, going into week six, like, your schedule's not getting 
you know, drastically easy anytime for eight straight games. Like, what do you do? It's Staley's that's a like you figured it out. It's Staley, it's a problem. You might as well take a risk on a coordinator, even if you don't even like him, that's not gonna turn out differently than the outcome that's expected now, you know? Like Exactly. I, I you might as well just let everyone know that we're on the same page. It's the coaching staff. And players might not like it, but at least you're you're committing to to winning going forward. I, I don't know who you go out and get, but at least you're committing to winning going forward. Well, who I can't remember who shared it. I th- I'm pretty sure that we shared it amongst the group chat, but it's like Justin Herbert has had a bottom three defense since he's come in the league, essentially, since he's been starting points. Welcome to hell. Yeah, exactly. It's like Brandon Staley, you're a defensive coach, and you literally aren't doing that job. And you he's aren't got even getting your boys on right defense. on that side. That's the worst part. He's got s- every single level he has studs. J.C. Jackson was a healthy scratch yesterday. I don't know if maybe that was just – Kind of what we were talking about. Maybe that was the protest of players not wanting to play on that type of turf because of injury, or I don't. Maybe it was something else um, with the family. I don't know. But you, you got studs at every single level, at every single position on both sides of the ball, and you simply can't get it. Like, where is this? They have the second most yards so far on offense. They've struggled to run the ball. They only they only had like thirty yards yesterday. Eckler needs to get back. But Justin Herbert is balling out. Yo, he's and been he got, exceptional. He, t- he was almost perfect yesterday. He literally yeah, what, was six incompletions, seven incompletions. Yeah, forty on forty-seven attempts to go forty of forty-seven. I don't care if you're king checkdown. I couldn't do that on Madden. I don't on care easy if you're mode. king checkdown. Forty of forty-seven is as perfect as it gets on forty-seven attempts. And he was, I mean, like 405 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was perfect in every facet of the position. And they still almost lost. They had, they were a tip pass away from being 0-3. And he's put up, uh, like, truly an amazing three-game stretch. I think he's probably over 1,000 yards already. Yeah, I think he's the only, well, actually, fun fact, I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins is Leads the league in yards. He might Cousins has been playing great too, but he turns no, the ball. He, over. This is he turns does. the ball over. That's the difference between. He only has two interceptions. He's a fumble guy. Yeah. Now. Well, I'm. We brought. A, I'm so happy we're bringing him up because we're talking about quarterbacks potentially getting traded. Quesi Adolfo Mensa should be on the phone right now, fielding calls for Kirk Cousins because this feels like a team that knows that they're going to try to have to retool, and they're probably going to want a quarterback for the future. Love Kirk Cousins, but he ain't that. And. Why not trade him now where, yeah, you're 0-3, but doesn't it feel like Kirk Cousins might be playing the best ball of his entire career right now? He easily has to. Imagine they trade him to Atlanta. Yeah. Ooh. I, come on! Shut the fuck up, David. Don't, don't put that in the ah! wall. Don't plant that I'm just saying, you got you got his favorite position already locked in there in a tight Kimber end. Tannehill, I'm so ready. And Tannehill would be plan C, but I get I don't care. But, plan C yeah. is... Ten times Ten, better Ten than Hill's the offseason right now. I think it would be Kirk if Cousins. If you slot in Kirk Cousins in Atlanta, they don't need their first-round pick next year or the year after, really. No, I agree. But Kirk Cousins, 70%, which is eighth. He's at 69.9. You know, like literally like point decimals. They're, they're separating these. But first in yards at just under 1,100. He has nine touchdowns, which is also first in the league. Two interceptions, which is like 25th out of I don't know how many out there. And this offense has the third most yards. Their D just hasn't stopped anybody. They've already given up the six most yards, and LA just hit them for four twenty-five. Like that's wild. That that's when we look bonkers. back at the end of the year, 
the Vikings defense might be the worst in football. It's it's really really bad. Brian Flores, I truly think he's done a decent job so far. Who does just, he have to work bad with? That there's nothing there. Like I think he's done a decent job, but I hope the Vikings and I think I'd really do like Quesi Adolfo Mensa and this entire regime and I think they're smart enough like how many GMs in the past it's why I like the new school analytics a little bit how many teams would have basically said yeah we went 13 and 4 last year but we're in a rebuild and that's what they did they were self-aware and it's gonna suck now but in 2024 and 2025 the Vikings will be better for it those are the kind of GMs you need the Vikings starting 0-3 and and one possession games to start the year is so funny to me just getting a taste of their own medicine from last year. The New England Patriots go up to MetLife and beat the New York Jets 15-10. to 10. Just an absolute barn burner. Exactly what we expected in, in a game like this. One touchdown. Mac Jones was subpar. 15-29 with two, 2-0-1 in a touchdown. Their defense, though, they held Zach Wilson in that Jets offense to 171 total yards, seven tackle for losses, which include the three sacks, forced eight punts, and held that offense to two of 14 on third down. The, Jet, the Jets are broken, man. Jack Wilson also completed 50% of his passes. Just release him. I mean, is it that easy? Do you have your, you have your first round pick at least for next year. They're not going to release him now. You know why they're not going to release him now? Because they they've recognized the season is over. But the problem is, is they should have they should when Aaron Rodgers went down. Ten minutes after you found out he was going to be out for the season, you should have been on the phone with the Colts for Gardner Minshew. You should have been on the phone with for with the Dolphins for Mike White. Oh, get him back. Trade him back. Right? I completely disagree. No, you should have been on the phone and you should have tried to salvage your season. And the problem is, is now we've waited too long. The season's already over for the Jets. It's, it's, you're, you're done for. You're, you know, there's no way in this division they're, they're making it out. Even in the AFC in general, there's no way they're winning enough games to make the wild card. So your season's over. Go get your, your high first round pick next year and hope to God that Aaron Rodgers doesn't retire on you because, you know, despite all of his little fucking comments right after he got hurt. He might not want to play in the offseason after he realizes the rehab, rehabilitation process. Well, no, we got this new state-of-the-art um, surgery that puts, like, I don't know, puts, like, a brace on his Achilles or something. But, sorry, no, Wally, I wanna, I'm so interested to see what you're going to say. No, I, because I said I completely disagree, and my reason I completely disagree is it should not have been after the Aaron Rodgers injury. This should have been done in June. This is something where I heard it the, uh, last week on the Around the NFL podcast, either Dan Hansis or Greg Rosenthal said it, but the Jets got cute and they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar in this case where they tried to do this cute little Packers thing where Aaron Rodgers was going to coat or be there for two years, never get hit, and just will the offensive line that has these massive problems right now to keep Aaron Rodgers fine and then hand the job to Zach Wilson. And in theory, he's matured, he's ready. But this is a Super Bowl kind of roster, a Super Bowl kind of contender, and you were willing to risk that on Rodgers' health in Zach Wilson. No, you had Mike White last year. Mike White is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. You could have, you say Gardner Minshew, there's a like a litany of backup quarterbacks that it could have been. Instead, they got cute, 
and now they could have kept Mike White for cheap. I don't yeah, get it. I just, like, like they could have kept him for cheap. And now my and now he's going to torment them because if Tua goes down, which I feel is like inevitable, just because the type of player he is, Mike White's going to ball. We're going to get to that guy. Like Joe Douglas or someone else should have to answer for that. That it, like they can't even throw it because or, or run the ball anymore. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook look bad because there's ten people in the box because no one respects Zach Wilson. <laughs> No, I, that's a fact. You're, you're speaking all facts, and no, I I completely agree with you. I mean, I I agree with both of you. It should be it should have been done in June. You got cute. You just need to do something with it now. I I respect the hell out of mostly Robert Sala because coaches don't keep those players on there right out, out, outside of the cuts and all that. There's a lot of like GMs that are making decisions that maybe the coaches don't really like all the time with the player personnel, and they're just like, nope, Zach and. Saul is sitting there taking on the chin. He's like, he's our guy, this, that, and the other. Like, I got to give credit to him because he, there's so many times he's got to be like, fuck this dude. I don't, I don't even think it's right to take it on the chin. I, I, to say that Zach Wilson gives you the best opportunity to win right now is going too far. Just like, I, I just, he, he doesn't give you any opportunity to win. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't like, I get what you're saying. And I, he's, you know, he's in a tough position but go to your GM and be like, all right, you sit in the pref conference. Like, I, I don't like, you know, I, I, I don't want Zach Wilson. Why do you? Can I play devil's advocate to us? Because we all, I think, are on the same side. But for the sake of argument, they have played the Bills defense, who sneakily is a top five defense in our own right and look outstanding. They've played the Cowboys and now the Patriots, where you guys know how much I'm in love with their defense. He... It's crazy to say because that's how bad he was last year. He looks marginally better than he did last year. Is it like do you give him one more chance against maybe no a more average opponent and see if you? Yeah, I mean now I guess there isn't because you've putzed around, yeah. pussyfooted around all so much that you have to play him. You've seen a couple throws, but then you know I at least twice, but I know one time. It was, you know, when you like look up and you feel like you've watched something for like 20 seconds and it's been three. That was me watching Zach Wilson step up and pump for seven seconds. I'm like, dude, just get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I'm like imagining the Dak Prescott workout. That's, it's basically. what he was doing. I was like, just throw it somewhere, my dude. You have a cannon. We, you, at, at this point, we all, you have a cannon. You're an NFL, quote unquote, NFL quarterback. You all have cannons. Toss that puppy somewhere. Safe, like my God, Zach Wilson. It's it's so bad, dude. Can we move on? I can't. Zach Wilson's just yeah. infuriating me. Uh, the younger, more mature, but still has those Zach Wilson moments. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills got it done against the Washington Commanders here. Where the Bills offense, okay, they they put up a solid performance. It was 386 total yards, but their defense really took this game over, especially in the fourth quarter. But all game, there's nine sacks. Five turnovers, including a touchdown and a pick six here in the fourth quarter. 180 yards allowed. I mean, this was a game that was only 16-0 heading into the fourth quarter, and it ended 37-3. Is this a statement win by Buffalo, or is that too far? Yeah, it's too far. I think it Just doesn't be- say it doesn't say anything about either of these teams. Buffalo's a great well, team. I, I think Washington is terrible. I, I think I think for Washington it was a prove it game because they did start two and zero. They've had a couple, I guess, impress-ish wins, impressive-ish wins. I thought it was more of a prove-it game for Washington than it was for Buffalo. But I, okay, 
I, I know it was 16 nothing at the end of the fourth quarter. It was competitive-ish, but it wasn't like a close game. The Bills were never threatened in this game, and it felt like they were able to almost take a more casual approach, just make sure you don't lose this game. Right now, I'm still up in the air on Sam Howell, but the Bills have the Dolphins next week. That's what I'm looking forward to. We saw them struggle with the Jets. Josh Allen, his Browns is like Joe Burrow's Browns. It's the Jets for Josh Allen. If they go and beat the Dolphins next week, it just gets really exciting again because the AFC East at the top, it might be the best two teams in AFC. Buffalo needed this win, right? I mean, across the board, your stars came out. You got a young, you have a young rookie that it felt like every single, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but their linebacker that they had, he had the interception or one of the four interceptions, as well as he had the fumble recovery, was making tackles, had a sack on there. I mean, this defense, it just seems to be loaded again, and they just loaded another guy or two here from the draft. You're going to get Von Miller back. And that's the Buffalo, key. They're healthy right now. Right now, right? And it, that's what sucks about week three and four because you're so excited for some of these teams where you're like, dude, I hate being this excited about a team week four because I want to be, I want to have the same excitement about them week 15 because you're closer and you can see it. Because more times than not, when you have that hype early in the season – you just die down and tamper off if it's injuries, if it's just the mojo that's happening. You catch a, a weird two, you know, one, two, three game losing streak, whatever it may be. Um, I don't, we really got to look at Buffalo's schedule to see that. But all of a sudden, Miami's coming up. Buffalo's starting to find it. That's going to be a fun little rivalry we have this year. No, and it'll be the game of the week next week. But to, to what you're saying, you're right. Last year, the Bills looked like the best team in the NFL for the first half of the year. And then their defense got decimated with injuries. The year before, the Cardinals were, what, 8, 9, 10, and 0? And then seven DeAndre years. Hopkins got hurt. They get seven. Well, it felt like forever the, ago. The, and the then Rizul, they lost the Rizul Douglas interception on, on Thursday night against the Packers. Oh, that would make sense that you'd remember that. They've, yeah. They've gone but, like, like 7 and whatever since that game. They started 7 and 0. And that's that's the thing is that they fell off the face of the earth. But at that point, people were like, wow, the Super Bowl kind of Arizona Cardinals. And that's the only reason why earlier I'm like, I'm really excited about the Cleveland Browns. Their defense is exceptional. It's just, you. the whole point in the NFL, it's half the battle surviving injuries. It's luck. Whoever wins, you have to be lucky. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that the last couple of years we've seen the come up of Pat Mahomes, him just take it off all year, every game to the Super Bowl. Same with the Eagles that they did here last year. So it feels like those types of teams are, have been more relevant the last few years where it's just like they've been balls to the wall from week one to week 21, whatever, in the playoffs. Um, yeah, to your point, I don't want I want Cleveland to keep that steam going. I want this Buffalo team, this Miami team especially, to really keep their steam going because, wait, can I repick my Super Bowl picks since, my, since mine went gone? So it's going to be San Fran, Miami. Um, Ooh, join the club with San Fran, baby. All right, I'll get the Miami. I'll, get, I'll give me a new Dolphins hat for next week. Because I'm going to Vegas, so that's definitely where I need to get my Miami hat. Um, well, if they were playing the Raiders in Vegas, you would be able to find a million of them. That's true. Um, I will say this. Like I said, Washington was only down 16 nothing in this fourth quarter. These are what the possessions looked like here in the fourth quarter. Uh, Washington punted. Then they fumbled, which led to a Buffalo touchdown. Then a, peak, then a pick six. <laughs> uh, then a punt, which led to a Buffalo touchdown. Then a field goal for some odd reason, so we can get 37 37 to three. That is how that fourth quarter ended. I'm saying if one of those ends up being a touchdown, they get a two point conversion. 
You take one of those touchdowns away. This could, this could have been competitive, but that just shows you how good their defense is. They close the game and they close they close that door pretty tight. The Atlanta Falcons went up to Ford Field. It took a foul out to the Detroit Lions. That's right. The Motor City Kitties back in the dub column at two and one. After Ritter was sacked seven times, Atlanta completely abandoned their identity in the run game. I want to say they had maybe 12, 13 uh, rushes, only 20 rushes for 44 yards combined in their three-headed running monster between Bijan, Algier, and Ritter. This is what happens. I know Green Bay just lost to this team, and Ritter had a great fourth quarter, uh, specifically a little bit through the year, but this is what happens when you make Ritter play quarterback and you have him pass 38 times. That's wild. Sorry. Yeah, 38. What, what, what's Atlanta doing? Uh, you got to shave that mustache. That's the, I'm assuming that's the Arthur Smith mustache like Kyle Brandt had for a little bit. I I have it right here that Steven Ditto. Like I, those are, that's exactly my thoughts just because like it, it feels like Arthur Smith is every one of us in a Madden franchise when they give you a weekly goal where it's like throw three touchdowns this week. <laughs> so every time you're inside the 10, you're like, I refuse to run the ball. I have to hit my goal. It's like he heard everybody for the last 14 months bitch and moan because he won't throw the ball to his targets. He won't throw it to Drake London. He won't throw it to Kyle Pitts. So he got in his head this week. I'm going to go show him the world. I'm going to show the world what we can do, and I'm going to throw it down their throat when, wait, they have the best running attack in football? What? Like, what are we doing here? I mean. Angry. <laughs> I think I think we all just discovered Desmond Ritter isn't the guy so oh, did we did we just discover that or is this like no i think that reaffirming it. i think it confirms yeah. it like we we've we've confirmed and now they need to go out and find a trade <laughs> because Why he ain't it i mean it shows too why it's oh don't talk dirty to me but shows how important this it is for this team to either play with a lead or at the very least be within a score because when they fell behind 10 at the end of the first half any idea of running the ball seemed to evaporate. And it was just, oh my God, we're downtown. We we have to pass. We were we gotta hurry up. When when you can, can dictate the control of the game with this running a game, you not only shorten the game, it opens up passes for even Desmond Ritter. And I uh, this was a frustrating game. It should make Lions fans very excited, though, especially given the last two years, it's been their defense that's held them no, back. I mean, they have to feel really good. And th- the thing you have to be most that drives you up a wall the most as a Falcons fan is they were down more points last week and continued to run the ball. And that's what got them to that victory over Green Bay. That's a like great that, point, Steven. I, I didn't even like connect that, the dots, but you're I, right. I think it's more or less if I had to witness it, but they all literally, they had 44 True. carries last week against Green Bay, and you cut that in half even more. To only 20 come on i i know it's boring i know you're getting dogged about the Bijan pick in the game but hey it's working and let's be real holding an offense of 20 points in the nfl you, especially with that rush game that you have you this could have been a 21 20 game easily so i arthur smith really kind of screwed the pooch on this one but what are you gonna do good news though for lions fans too 
Jameer Gibbs looks like he's finally going to get a lion's share of the touches. Oh, that's funny pun. I didn't even mean that. Yeah, he but did. he's going to start getting. I didn't even. You're mean doing to do that. it all podcast. Don't even lie to yourself. No, that one. That one was unintentional. The ones before yeah, that. that that's nothing to do with uh, You're lying were to very yourself. You're lying to yourself. No, but yeah, that, that's exciting though because Jameer Gibbs 17 carries in this game. We've been kind of pounding the table for two weeks to get that to happen, and now that we did. It is a, a two-possession win where it didn't really feel like there was much doubt in this game from about midway to second on. But, hey, no, let me let me toss this. I'm going to toss this game because Derek Carr's New Orleans Saints go to the frozen tundra up in Green Bay. They jump up to a 17-0 lead. They could do no wrong. The Packers looked lost. The fans were on the verge of booing. And then all of a sudden, Derek Carr gets tackled, goes on his throwing shoulder. People like me in the world, like, it rained because of how much tears us Derek Carr fans had out there. Then, Steven, your Green Bay Packers score 18 unanswered in the fourth quarter. I'm just throwing it to you. How amazing was this win? Did it mean more than just one win, too? Or what was this like for you yesterday? Uh, it's the first 49 minutes of this game was just, it was miserable. The offense looked horrible. Jordan Love was consistently missing easy throws, throws behind. I mean, for you, for anyone who had to watch this game, maybe just because you didn't have ticket or didn't stream it and this was your Fox game, I mean, they would not, Kenny Albert and uh, Jonathan Vilma would not shut up about their third-string quarterback making all these pass all these plays and this, that every single ball they shown was thrown behind the receiver. Jordan loves timing was just horrible. And to your point, and what's the, before we get into that 11 penalties for 90 yards, which seven of which were on the offensive line who were missing David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins out with injury, not to include Christian Watson and Aaron Jones out for this game. We lose Devon J. Campbell, our linebacker here um, in the, in the first half. So nothing was going right. Every aspect of this game, all three of them looked horrible going into that fourth quarter. I think they had like 87 yards in the first half. But once Derek Carr went down, he could feel the energy change a little bit. New Orleans really couldn't get anything going in the second half once they had Jameis coming. I'm surprised they didn't throw a little bit more with Taysom Hill. Uh, but I will give credit to the Green Bay rush defense where they were able to really kind of force them into a one-dimensional offense there in New Orleans, which definitely helped because we know what Jameis is like. You're rusty. You're coming in the middle of the third quarter in week three. I don't care if it's your job to prepare. You don't prepare for that randomly like that. Uh, things happen. But Green Bay, this team is injured early on, but they're grinding wins out. They're missing easily their three of their top four players, and this offense looks horrific. This offense doesn't look great by any means, but they're just getting the job done. Jordan Love puts up another two touchdowns when I say he has eight here on the year. And just the way that they were able to be resilient, come out in the fourth quarter, drive this comeback, 18-0. And yeah, so you're, to really answer your question, Wally, this wasn't just another game. This is Jordan's Love first game at Lambeau, wow. officially being donned as that Packers starter, walking out to that crowd, them cheering you on. Basically, getting some booze in that first half before ultimately leading them down, which is the first – that's actually the largest comeback, second largest, largest halftime comeback behind 
the 2018 home opener against the Chicago Bears where Aaron was down 20 nothing, came back all doped up on, on painkillers and, and led them to a victory, which I was actually at. No big deal. First game at Lambeau. No biggie. I do want to it have... It was a- also, fun fact, it was the tied for the largest fourth quarter comeback you guys have had in 73 years. I love it. I love it. I We did see the same article. Matt LaFleur <laughs> really was pulled, like, was doing his Brandon Staley impression here. This is how the game started out and how New Orleans got the first seven points. Uh, Green Bay decided they wanted to go for it on fourth and, like, three, fourth and four. At New Orleans is, like, let's say 45, 43, something like that. Horrible trick play. I swear, Green Bay's out there to just have Jordan Love the most memeable quarterback every week because within the first five minutes, there's already a number, another meme uh, or a gif of Jordan Love falling over trying to throw the ball, which he overthrew. Uh, now the Saints get the ball at their own 45. Then Kenny Clark, the next play, also has a personal foul penalty that puts New Orleans at the 40. Not even touching the ball. They do it in like four plays. Um, all I'm saying outside of that, Kenny Clark, three sacks on 23 snaps. Dude is a monster. Was he the one that hurt or no, Derek no. Carr too? Rashawn Gary, excuse me. Rashawn Gary, three sacks, 23 snaps. Did he hurt Derek Carr? I think he did. Okay, so he's the one that's dead to me. I just had to find out. <laughs> to make it easier, he, he's from Michigan. No, oh, trust me, I, I didn't forget that. Yeah. I got nothing on this game. I'm, I, I didn't watch this game, so I'm going to move us on to the real game of the week here. Broncos country. <laughs> Denver, this is so ridiculous. Broncos at Miami, Let's ride. losing 70-20. to 20. Russell Wilson starts 0-3 for the first time in his career. The only coach in Broncos history to start worse than Sean Payton is Vic Fangio, who lost his first four games. Doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility for Sean Payton either. Uh the Dolphins almost set the record for points in a game in the NFL history. And they had the ball inside the Denver Broncos in 30 with less range. than a minute left. Right. In field goal range, they're three point. All they need is three points to break the record. And instead, Mike McDaniel likes to take a knee and run out the clock, which I applaud. But also, I really wanted to see the field that goal point, for the NFL on. record. Yeah. Like, you know, I applaud it. He did the right thing. But at the same time, if I was coach, we would have nailed the field goal and set the record. But that'd been great. It'd be what Sean Payton could first be in the Hall of Fame for. Oh, get that. That's what <laughs> anyway, I mean, he would have been in. Agreed. They would have had Eight. a point, like a, a ball or something from that game. Ignoring Wally hating on Sean Payton. Boom. Eight it's just combined touchdowns. Boom. Eight combined touchdowns from uh, the two running backs Come on, what's his name? for Miami. What's his name? I'm not going to say it. I've been it. hearing it's it all Devon, day. I've been he- I, I don't. Achain? Is it Achain? A cane? I don't know. Uh, Raheem Mostart. Uh, it, it's the second time it ever happened. 2004 Chiefs with Priest Holmes and Derek Blaylock. I The starters were pulled at the start of the fourth quarter, and the only other game that this happened was the Chiefs game, and that was, by the way, the only reason that the Bears scored is because they were playing the preseason Chiefs. But I... I mean, like, I can't, the starters were pulled at the fourth quarter, and Mike White still went two for two or, like, two for three with, uh, I don't know, two touchdowns or something, or touch one t- at least one touchdown. He scored – in fact, Mike White scored more fantasy points than, like, three starting quarterbacks in the NFL this week, and he only played two drives. So, uh, it's just – what an electric performance. But, boys, I got I, – I, I need to know something before I let you go off on this game. 
after the game, Garrett Bowles said post-game, he was asked a question about, uh, like, the loss. And he just said, shit, I'm tired of losing, man. I've been here for seven years, and all I've done is is lose. And it's frustrating. I... That's like that's got to be the most toxic thing to come out of the locker room, and I feel for him because I totally like get where his mentality's at. But that's like one of your leaders on on offense, and he's just mentally broken. I I mean, what do you guys think? It's a real shame, is what I think. I know you hate the Broncos. (laughs) I don't know what you want from me. I think it's a shame. I just I, I. it's so bad. That's got to lead, like, the the rest of the locker room's got to feel similarly, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the one thing I would say is that even defending Sean Payton, everybody knew going into this year, not much has changed. It's still the same roster that was historically disappointing last year. I, I mean, they, they gave up 10 touchdowns in this game. 10. That is two and a half a quarter. That is so hard to do when you play offense as well. I just, I, they've now lost, here's a fun fact, that's the third loss they've had in franchise history of 50 or more points, Most in NFL tied for NFL year. record, gotta love that one. That's but wild. What are the other two? Was one of them in the Super Bowl, like, way back in the day? I thought they got blown up by, like, the Redskins. See, it disappoints me because the game that I thought of right away and I had to go back See, and look was, it, oh, you know, that one I think was, like, 43 to 8 yeah, or something. So it was, yeah, but yeah, the the Raiders game back about 15 years ago, they beat them 59 to 14. So that's not even 50 points. So this is so just a franchise. Even, I wonder how many 40 point losses they've had. I mean, this is a franchise that has Time experienced out. a few big one losses. One of the 50 point losses has to be like the Raiders in the 70s, right? Like, I think it was right. Was it I mean, one of I love that idea. Was it one of them the Super Bowl where they lost to the Skins? I thought, or maybe that was the other way around. Well, it, it might. I was going to say there's oh, a chance it could have been the 49ers. Nothing. Too. 51 to nothing, a loss to the Raiders, September 10th, 1967. Let's go, There you go, Wally. 1967, it was probably the last time we have been in the playoffs, but at least won a playoff game, I should say. But here's the one that got me. I know you and I read the same article today, Steven, so we kind of got a lot of the same information, uh, but one that got me, stunned me, is that Tua set an NFL record with this win, with his 10th straight win against a Super Bowl-winning head coach. So this guy who, myself included, was a massive doubter even 12, 24 months ago, just continuously just shoves it up my hoop and just proves that he's not only a good quarterback, but he can be an elite quarterback in the right situation. And I can't remember who said it. It was on the broadcast. But Mike McDaniel, the way he calls a game, it might be better for him to have two attack of Iloa versus Justin Herbert. And that's not a shot at Herbert. It's just... Maybe both quarterbacks are in the perfect place for both of them. I'm I'm all in on this Dolphins team. It's like the Browns, though. You have to stay healthy. You have to. And we're in week three. It's a long road. We've long had, road to Vegas 12, in February. Twelve months ago, we were having the same exact conversation. So I think like we are. It's a little bit of deja vu that we need to take that step back here. Um, Miami becomes the first team in history to have five passing and five rushing touchdowns in the same game. Miami's total yardage this game is more than the Jets and the Titans have total offense this year, which is fucking wild. Um, we also haven't mentioned obscene. We, and if if we did mention this, I'm sorry. They didn't have Jalen Waddle yesterday. Jalen Waddle was not on the field. That is 
Who needs Jalen Waddle when you have Defon a, a Kane or a Chain, whatever or, his name or is? Or you know? Smith, yeah, or Baxton Britain. Yeah, areas. you know who needs who needs Jalen Waddle when you have guys I've never heard of scoring five touchdowns. Broncos Durham are... Smythe, the notable kick blocker in New England as well. <laughs> yeah, go, Wally. The Broncos are just down bad. Sean Payton really, really missing that analyst spot, and we also haven't talked about this. How bad does he want to shut the fuck up about the Nathaniel Hackett comment from a couple months ago now? Huh. My you know he God. had a smile. Nathaniel Hackett had to be ear to ear even after that horrible loss to New England. That probably or made painful it loss. That made it better. It probably did. That made it better. The Dolphins are the most electric team in the NFL. They're looking to reinvent the greatest show on turf, but now we need to name them something. And dare I say, the greatest show on surf? The Miami. Oh, damn it. The I actually kind of like that. People are going to hate that. It's really cheesy, but I like it. That's the whole That's, point. The of problem is that it's right up my alley, Steven, and I think that should tell you something. Yeah, no. That tells me everything I need to know, so a good 80% of people are going to like that. Also, a fun fact, Tyreek now has eight games of 140-plus receiving yards just for the Dolphins. He's been there 20 games. That's stupid. That is – that. that's stupid. I yeah I I've got nothing else. Forty percent of his games, ridiculous. He'll go over one hundred and forty yards. I don't know how it doesn't happen every game. If you watch him, he just never stops moving. So like he's an impossible. I got cover. his game log up here from last year. His lowest ninety four one ninety thirty three forty seven seventy two. But like when he he's either fifty he's either has fifty five or one hundred and eighty eight or one hundred and sixty or one hundred and nine. I mean, how many games does he have over 100? Let's go over, let's just go 120. Three, four, five, six. And all three of this year, seven, eight. Oh, same thing. That's fucking wild to me, though. I just was looking it up, and I'm both a, a little nervous and also a little encouraged that we, I'm sad that we play Miami this year, and it's in Miami. What encourages me is it's in November, so we don't know what the teams will look like yet because, guys, I don't think it's going to look – I mean, it might not look this bad just because teams don't score 70 in the NFL. It might. But they're going to beat the brakes off the Raiders. might be the first time in a while, if it's ever happened, that a team will score 60-plus in two games. Why do they play the Broncos twice? No, like you said, they play the Raiders. The last game that we had here on 55. the – Fifty-five. My bad, my bad. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers go to Allegiant. Play the Vegas Raiders, and they walk out with a victory, twenty-three to eighteen. I'm not gonna lie, I fell asleep at halftime at this one. It was one of those where I woke up and I was like, "Fuck, it's Monday," and I also fell asleep during that game. Um, but holy Devonte Adams, Wally, twenty targets, thirteen of those hauled in for a buck seventy-six, seventy-three, and two tutties. The Raiders fall short of a comeback here, but everyone is talking. Please. What I've heard, what I want you to talk about is Josh, McDan Josh McDaniels kicking that field goal while at the Pittsburgh eight-yard line here to only put them down, what, five points? Five plus three is eight, which actually could be about a touchdown plus a two. You get what I'm saying. The kicker is, guy, literally the kicker, but the kicker of that is, is that he made the wrong decision twice. Earlier in the same drive, he lined up for a field goal with less than four minutes to go on like fourth and seven. For a 48-yard field goal, Daniel Carlson obviously pipes it like he always does, but they call a leveraging personal foul on Pittsburgh. So you get bailed out, Josh McDaniels. Then you go down the field. Minka Fitzpatrick gets called for 
a really shitty roughing the passer call. It was just a good hit, and it's on a quarterback, so we call a penalty now. You get even closer. And yeah, it's fourth and fourth to eight-yard line with 240-ish to go. Sure, you have three timeouts left. That's why you go for it there. You are at their eight-yard line. You need four yards, and you're that much of a coward. You kick the field goal, and then you effectively don't get the ball back. You get it back with 15 seconds left at your own 10-yard line, needing a touchdown. Josh McDaniels is a joke. It's a coward call. We've seen it now. The experiment is over. He's a bad head coach. The defense still sucks. Jimmy G is going to kill his wide receivers. Jalen Warren, if you're if listening, you should be running back one in Pittsburgh. That was my Steelers takeaway in this. Najee Harris is awful. He has no business being RB1. And, I, I God, guys, I don't want to overreact to two losses. But these two feeling the way they did, it has me feeling like I might have been on the right track saying this is a Raiders team that will be picking very, very early the last Thursday in April. Okay, my only comment on this game is how fitting is it that Jimmy G is in concussion protocol after actively trying to give Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams concussions across the middle My of the field. spin zone is maybe he was concussed going into the game. That's why he tried to kill him. <laughs> I mean, I mean what, they had to have been the Minka hit that gave him the concussion, right? It's the only one that I like could think of off the top of my head. But How fitting. Uh, it's just such a disaster. The, the, the Raiders are bad, and the Steelers' offense looked better, but it's a Raiders' defense, so it's like you can't even tell if it's like they made a step or if it's just the Steelers defense is a below average defense. It just so happens to be better than the really bad Raiders defense. Before we go out, we got two, the double or the double header for the Monday night game. So let's get our hindsight 2020 picks in here. Philly and Tampa have already kicked off here. Philly's up just three, nothing. It's actually tied three, three now. The second I look away because I'm looking at live or I'm looking at prop bets here for the next Monday night game, but Boys, any takeaways here, even though the game's already started? I got nothing for this game. I love Baker, just like David does, but I'm a little worried that we're going to get the actual Baker Mayfield of last year in this game. It is 3-3. I haven't had a chance to watch much, so I'll have to watch back in a bit. But, he just uh, had a horrible throw to Mike Evans, who dropped it in the end zone. So uh, He had a horrible throw to Kiss Godwin, who, if he threw it correctly, it would have been a touchdown. So you're probably right on the Baker Mayfield return back to gravity. Earth. Well, Earth. if he did win, well, I did like that, the grab the earth, I got you. But if they do win, he'd be the first Buccaneer quarterback ever to start his first three games with the team, 3-0. and Tom Brady's washed. Uh, the other game, the Rams in the Bengals, where Joe Burrow is actually active. The game is not kicked, but that's only about five, ten minutes away. You guys know where I stand. It feels like a really weird game, but it feels like a must-win for Bengals fans. If you don't, it's over. It's time to get Joe Burrow healthy, sit him down, make sure that calf's good to go, and reevaluate what you got to do in the offseason. Buddy. It's, this is it. I agree. However, there is no bigger Rams fan than me tonight because oh, if, the you Bengals, be. if the Bengals lose, they will have started their season losing the three consecutive games to teams who started in Cleveland. Wait, oh my gosh. The Cleveland Rams, the fucking Ravens were the Cleveland Browns before they left. And the Cleveland Browns. All time statistic. Where did you find that? 
Jack sent it to the goddamn uh, fantasy football group. I, I, I haven't been on my phone basically somebody, all day. Somebody sent it in there, and I had to literally – because I didn't put it together that the Rams were the Cleveland Rams. And I, I like I looked at it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the greatest Cincinnati cuck in the history of Cincinnati cucks. Well, and it's, it's a little funny, too, when you consider the fact that Cincinnati basically was birthed from Paul Brown leaving the Browns. Right. So all roads lead back to Cleveland. Correct. The Rams and the Bengals? Cleveland. It's the Battle of Cleveland. Battle of Ohio. The the Rams and the Bengals tonight. I even I thought Joe Burrow was out, so I put him I put money on the Rams so that I gotta sweat that out. Well, especially I haven't seen if Puka Nakua's uh been officially declared ready to go or not. He was questionable as well. I think he's going because I just saw that his uh total reception count went from five and a half to six and a half. Yeah, and he's still on Wow, so he must be good. The over. <laughs> um I True. sprinkled I sprinkled like ten dollars on Ronnie Rivers anytime touchdown score. He is the backup quarter or the backup running back for the Rams now here behind Williams. I'm just saying. Watch I just out. figured it was like Doc Rivers, like great nephew. I think I'm undefeated on bets, including prop bets this week. If uh, is it Kieran Williams? Kyron, I think. Kyron is it? I think it's Kyron. Kyron. So if Kyron Williams scores, I'm pretty sure I'm undefeated on bets. Oh, they, speaking of bets, as much as I was devastated for Derek Carr, Stephen, thank God for your boys for getting me back on straight. The Raiders losing to the Steelers and the Packers coming back saved my week, and I feel good again. And you know what? I learned my lesson. I won't be betting against the Browns anytime soon. With that, that's gonna bring us. I will be. David, I'm done. I'm I'm talking. <laughs> With that, that's gonna bring us to the end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down, and retweet us on Twitter down underscore loss. Remember, this episode is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, as well as the Bruiser Nation Podcast Network, Snapmere Productions. Boys, any parting words? I can't wait for April and kiss my ass, Lou Holtz. Love you, buddy. Oh, God. Nobody feels worse about themselves than Lou Holtz this week. I like, he probably doesn't remember he, saying anything. He went that, full, that's I like true. Lou Holtz. I he actually went, no, really like him. He went like full him. homer and it backfired very, very hard. <laughs> it's just that don't – it's like remember last year – well, I know you remember, but the Bengals – the Bengals. The Cincinnati mayor doing the Joe oh, Brozier yeah. daddy – if you are not in the game, do not put yourself in the storyline. All you're doing is hurting your own team. And, I mean, God, that was going to be a fun game either way. Why just, no, like, sit back and watch? Instead, you get that, and it's even coupled with the 10 players on the field to end the game. It was just a, a very tough scene. Uh, but, hey, you know what? I, I at least got to celebrate, so I'll take it. Just, uh, just a reminder to that. I'll be coming back. When I'm coming back from Vegas, the following few days later is when the Packers and Raiders play in Vegas. I could not be any more pissed. I'm going to be there like the week after the Packers are in Vegas, too. We're so both going to miss before, it by like a week. the week after. That is go hilarious. Buy yeah. a flight to Vegas just so I'm there. And cut yeah, you oh, can do the one day. <laughs> oh, are you guys doing something tonight? I'm kind of busy. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, I, I do want to point out that Steven hinted at it there. He will not be with us the next two episodes. Uh, he will be in Vegas, so it's going to be David and I all next week. So make sure you say, have a fun trip, and that Steven's a man whenever you see him or talk 20, to him. But otherwise, guys, ride, baby. 
Oh, see, uh, all right. I like five. Give me five red. Five. five Love that. On red. Yeah. Four twenty on red. Anyways. Love you, boys. You're the best.